Welcome, everybody. Welcome, welcome. This is the Mavs Moneyball Podcast, Episode 1. I am your host, Jeffrey Cooperstein. Really excited to be with you guys. Like I said, this is Episode 1. We are starting a network here at Mavs Moneyball. We're going to have me, we're going to have Nick Angstat, we're going to have Josh Bowe. And we're going to attempt to give you guys the best Mavs coverage you can possibly find podcast. You can find us on Apple. You can find us on Google Play. You can find us on MavsMoneyBall.com or wherever you like your podcast. Uh, just a little background on me. I've been covering the Mavs as a credential reporter for about three seasons now. And I've been around the team my whole life. I've been a Mavs fan my whole life. So I think I'll be able to give you guys some good perspective on the team and provide some information you may or may not have known regarding the Mavs. Uh, my social media handle is at jcoopjr27. That's on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, etc. So give me a follow, shoot me your Mavs questions, and I'll try to answer them as best as I can. Uh, let's just get right into it. Let's talk about the current state of the Mavs. As everyone knows, they are 1-9 in their last 10. And this is a trend we pretty much saw coming since since the trade that sent Kristaps Porzingis to Dallas. Um, if you haven't, if you've been under a rock for the last month or so, and you don't know, the Mavs did trade for Kristaps Porzingis. They got Tim Hardaway, Courtney Lee, and Trey Burke as well, sending Dennis Smith Jr., DeAndre Jordan, and Wes Matthews, along with a couple of first-round picks the other way. And this trade just just got rid all the firepower from the Mavs was gone when they when they made this trade. Uh, Porzingis is out for the year; he's not going to play, and so the the Mavs lost guys in Wes Matthews and in DeAndre Jordan and in Dennis Smith Jr., who, yes, they absolutely had their flaws. They had their inefficiencies on offense, but they did provide scoring. And the Mavs just lost all of that. And they're relying on Luka Doncic and basically Tim Hardaway Jr. to do all of that scoring. And that's just not fair to ask of those guys, just putting them, you know, right into the fire like that. Um, so the Mavs are... are are they in tank mode? No. Are they in organic tank mode? Yes. Um, I'll say this, you know, this a term coined by Mike Fisher. I'll say this term a lot throughout probably this podcast and future podcasts. They're not going to they're not going to sit players and they're not going to intentionally lose games. But if they're down, you know, by eight, by ten, by a dozen, with about eight, ten minutes left in the fourth quarter, the Mavs aren't going to actively try to come back and win that game. They're going to try to get as many ping-pong balls in the pot as they can. They're going to try to get that top-five pick. And what happens when they get that top-five pick? Who knows? They might trade it. You know, They might draft Zion Williamson. If they get lucky and get the number one pick, they'll get Zion Williamson. But there's a lot of things the Mavs can do with that first-round pick. Um, I think they're in a good position right now. They have Kristaps Porzingis, at least for next year. I'll... All indications are is that he's going to sign that five-year, $158 million extension. But we won't know that until July 1st because the Mavs cannot discuss that contract until July 1st. So that's going to be an interesting storyline heading into the offseason. Obviously, free agency is going to be a you know a big storyline heading into the offseason. Are the Mavs going to go after that Tier A free agent, that Kevin Durant, that Kawhi Leonard, that Clay Thompson are they going to go after that Tier B free agent, the Chris Middletons, the J.J. Reddicks, the Nikola Vucevic's of the world? I think the Mavs are going to live more in that Tier B neighborhood. I think they would love to get Chris Middleton here in Dallas, but I don't think that that's going to happen because I think the Bucks are willing to pay Chris Middleton a lot of money for him to stay there in Milwaukee. Nikola Vucevic would be really interesting because he's a good rebounder. He was an All-Star this year, by the way. I don't know if you guys knew that, but he was an All-Star. The only problem I see with Nikola Vucevic is that he is kind of redundant to Kristaps Porzingis. You know, he's a seven-footer. He's a three-point shooter. He's Eastern European. Obviously, the Mavs are trying to make this Eastern European super team. They're going to go get Giannis in 2021. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, 
But Vucevic is is a similar player to Porzingis, so I wonder if they were to get Vucevic, how Vucevic and Porzingis would play beside each other with Luka. That would be a really, really big team, too. You have 6'8", Luka running the point, 7'3", Kristaps, 7'1", Vucevic. I mean, that's a really big team, and that would be a fun team to watch and a fun team, and not a fun team to play against. So that's where the Mavs are at the moment. They're in this sort of limbo where they don't know what they're going to be next year and June just can't come fast enough actually it's May because the lottery is in May May can't come fast enough so the maps have a little bit uh clear picture of what they're going to do with their future as of the team right now I just want to break down this team a little bit uh from what I saw against Orlando I really loved what Jalen Brunson did against Orlando and I think he's coming along really nicely I think he's coming along just as about the Mavs staff thought he would but I think he's I think he's impressed a lot of people. Everyone knew Jalen Brunson could play coming in. He was a winner. He won two national championships at Villanova in three seasons. Everyone knew he was going to be one of those seasoned veterans where he could come in. He was going to know the offense and he was going to be able to execute as a backup, as a as a bench player, as a nice bench player. I think Brunson's making a case to where he might even, you know, he might even be a starter next year. I think he's playing so well to the point where he has. Rick Carlisle is going to have some decisions to make as far as his starting lineup goes. And I think Brunson's going to have to be one of those decisions he makes. And so I think Brunson's been a really, really nice surprise for the Mavs this year. Another guy I really like on the Mavs right now is Dorian Finney-Smith. His his offense is inconsistent, but you always know he's going to play really hard. He's going to guard the opposing team's best wing player on a lot of nights. So he's expending a lot of energy doing that. So anything you really get offensively out of him is gravy. And he's actually a really good rebounder for being about 6'7", six, 6'8". Six, he helps the Mavs out a lot in the rebounding area. And that's something the Mavs are going to have to address in free agency. And that's something that Vucevic does really well is rebound the basketball. Um, so they're definitely going to have to find a rebounder there in free agency to fill out this squad. Quickly, I want to touch on the guys the Mavs got in the trade. Tim Hardaway Jr., He's already getting a lot of flack from you guys on Mavs Twitter. Let's let's chill out on Tim Hardaway Jr. a little bit. 15 points last night, 7 of 17 shooting, 1 of 7 from 3. Obviously not great numbers, but it's early in the season. He's having to do a lot because when Luka Doncic isn't in the game, Tim Hardaway Jr. is the primary option. And he's having to create his own shot. So I think when the Mavs are fully healthy next season, you'll have Porzingis, you'll have Luka. Hardaway, probably the third, maybe even the fourth option, depending on what the Mavs do in free agency. So I don't think it's fair to look at this current Mavs team and say, oh, yeah, this is what these guys are. This is what they're going to do. This is how they're going to be, you know, in the future. I just don't think that's fair. I think Tim Hardaway is going to be a really nice player for the Mavs next season. And we'll see. You know, he has, I believe it's a, he has a player option for 2021, which I would assume he would exercise considering he's making about $17 million a year. And that's fine with me. Um, I think Hardaway can help this team a lot. He can play a variety of roles. Ideally, and I don't think this is going to happen because he makes a lot of money, I think Hardaway would be a great six-man if the Mavs could find another two, another three to plug in there in the starting lineup and have Hardaway come off the bench and bring some offensive firepower off the bench. So I think that would be the, I think that would be the ideal situation for Hardaway Jr. Um, Trey Burke, expiring contract, shown some nice flashes, gives the Mavs some energy off the bench. I'm not sure what Trey Burke's future is with the Mavs. He is an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. I think the Mavs would like to bring him back. I just, I don't know if they can fit him in under the cap and we'll see. And Courtney Lee, I'm a little surprised at Courtney Lee's role. I thought Courtney Lee was going to play a little bit more here in Dallas. He hasn't really been in the rotation very much. He, 
you know, he provides 3 and D. That's why teams trade for him a lot, which because everyone needs a three-point shooter, everyone needs a defender. When you get a guy who does both, I mean, that's that's a lot of value. So everyone likes Courtney Lee. He just hasn't really found his spot in the rotation yet. Now, Courtney Lee is under contract for next season, but I could easily see the Mavs using his contract along with that trade exception they created with New York to facilitate a trade somewhere. So would I expect Courtney Lee to be on the Mavericks next season? I would say it's like 60% no, 40% yes. I think he's a nice player, but I think he's a much more valuable trade chip. So those are the guys that the Mavs got in the got in the big trade near the deadline. And we'll see what happens in their future. That's going to be one of the another exciting storyline to see in the offseason. Another guy who has increased his value quite a lot for the Mavs, Dwight Powell. Dwight Powell has been getting better every year that he's been in the league, and he's fitting Rick Carlisle's system perfectly. He's a hard rim runner. He's a he's a decent rebounder. And if Dwight Powell could ever figure out how to shoot that three-pointer, which Rick Carlisle would absolutely kill for, Dwight Powell would be a really good player for this Mavs team. He is under contract for next year at, with a player option. I assume Dwight, Dwight Powell will be taking that $9 million player option. So the Mavs will have some roster decisions to make coming up, but that's why they pay Donnie Nelson the big bucks. Donnie Nelson's really good at doing that kind of stuff. So as I mentioned earlier, next segment, we're going to do a little mailbag segment where I'm just going to answer your questions. You guys sent me your questions on Twitter and, and Instagram. I'm just going to answer your questions and see what questions you guys have about the Mavs and we'll... um. We'll see what we can do. So coming out of the break, we'll do that. Welcome back, guys. Mavs Moneyball Podcast, Episode 1. I'm Jeffrey Cooperstein. Uh, I wanted to do something different in this second segment. I wanted to get some fan interaction with you guys. I asked you guys to send me questions on Twitter and Instagram, and I'm just going to read them and answer them best as I can. Pretty simple stuff. So let's just get right into it. Uh, starting on Twitter, Chris Gross, at Chris is Gross. Why should the Mavs tank the rest? Why shouldn't the Mavs tank the rest of the season? The Mavs should not tank the rest of the season because it would send a horrible message to the franchise, to Luka Doncic, to Chris Porzingis, that losing is okay. Because losing is obviously not okay when you have Rick Carlisle, Rick Carlisle, Mark Cuban, and Donnie Nelson running the show. They don't want to lose. It's just how the season has unfortunately transpired. Uh, so the Mavericks aren't going to intentionally tank to lose games are they going to quote unquote organically tank where if they're down 10 to 15 in the fourth quarter are they going to not try so hard to win that game probably but are they going to tank absolutely not uh thanks so much chris for the question let's move on brandon kip at the b kip should the maps move into the top four at which pick does it make the most sense to trade the pick to another team that's a good question i think i really think this is a two-player deep draft so I think if the Mavs get one of the top two picks, they keep that and they get Zion Williamson or R.J. Barrett, both from Duke. But I think if they end up in that 3-4 range, there's going to be teams who are going to want John Morant from Murray State. There's going to be teams who want Cam Reddish. And I am a Cam Reddish fan, but Cam Reddish isn't ready for the NBA yet. He needs some development. And the Mavs need someone who can come in and step in right away. And I think the two guys who can come in and step in right away, guaranteed, are R.J. Barrett and Zion Williamson. So if they get in that 3-4-5 range... I would be looking for the Mavs to trade that pick. Let's move on. Kevin Correa at Correa24. Realistically, why shouldn't the Mavs go for a big splash come free agency a la Kevin Durant, Kawhi, via their player options, or Clay Thompson, Kemba Walker, etc.? I think they will try to go after some of those guys. It's just that they're not going to get them because they just won't be in contention. I think they're going to try to make a run at Durant and at Clay Thompson, maybe at Kemba Walker, but I just don't think the Mavs are in a position to where those guys are going to sign here yet. 
I think they I think you need to see a little more out of Luka Doncic, a little more out of Kristaps Porzingis, um, to make sure that they work together before big fish free agents come. I think you're going to look at the, more like the tier B guys, like the Chris Middletons, um, the Nikola Vucevic's. I would love JJ Redick to be a Mav, but I don't think that's going to happen. The Mavericks should, they just need to show more consistency to get a higher tier free agent. This one is from Sam underscore Lyles. Is there a missing piece to the Luca and Porzingis puzzle in Dallas? Uh, I think Chris Middleton would be a great fit here in Dallas with the Mavs. He's a six seven wing. He can play the two, the three. If you really need him to, he can play the four. He's a good shooter. He's almost a 50, 40, 90 guy. Chris Middleton would be a perfect fit here in Dallas. Um, however, I think he's going to end up staying in Milwaukee. They cleared out a bunch of cap space for him. So I think that they're going to stay. Uh, this one from Vanilla Thunder 21, my boy Matt. If Zion is the clear-cut number one, who is the rest of the top four the Mavs could get in the draft? Like I said earlier, I think, you know, Zion is the clear Zion and RJ Barrett are the clear-cut top two. And then you have like John Morant, Cam Reddish, um, you have Romeo Langford from Indiana, those type of guys that'll be up there near the top five. But I think if the Mavs are outside of the top two, they should heavily consider trading the pick. This one from Tristan Thurman. How much has Powell increased his trade value? Um, I don't know what Powell's trade value is because he has a team option this year at $9 million. So he's in like a weird limbo situation where they could, you know, they could make him a free agent or they could exercise his option and he would have an expiring contract. So I'm not sure if what Powell's value is. I think he's had a really good year, but I'm not sure exactly what his trade value would be in, a, in that situation. Last one from Cullen Brown. Biggest thing Luka needs to work on. Luka needs to work on his free throw shooting. Uh, since the All-Star break, he's under 70%. I believe on the season he's around 72% or something like that. If Luka gets up to about 80% in free throws, that's adding two, three, maybe even four more points per game. That's going to be a big jump for Luka in year two. And I think he will work on it a lot this offseason. I think his free throw shooting is the main thing he needs to work on. So some very, very interesting times for the Mavs going into this offseason. Probably one of the biggest offseasons in team history. Maybe even the biggest offseason in team history. So that will wrap up episode one of the Mavs Moneyball podcast. Next week, I'm hoping to bring a special guest on. Perhaps a certain beat writer for Mavs Moneyball will be, will be joining me. That'll either be next week or the week after. And if not, we'll definitely have some guests along the way, get you guys some unique perspective into Mavs land. So I've been your host, Jeffrey Cooperstein. This has been Mavs Moneyball Podcast Episode 1. Talk to you guys next week.